Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales. We believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We've included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to Misty Walker about her books. After today, you will have heard about writing from a young age and binding her own books, speed writing through the first draft of her first book in six weeks, using her network of authors to get her book ready, catching the writing bug, learning different social medias for your books, her advice to be a little more intentional with marketing, picking your friends carefully in the industry, and getting lost in your story. Petrus Bikers, an MMF dark MC romance. I thought I had nothing left to give. It took two dirty bikers to prove me wrong. Cameron Bigsby was in her third year residency at UMC of Southern Nevada when her entire world was stripped from her. She was given a new name, Petra, and for two years she was made the property of the worst kind of men who abused her until she was nothing but an empty shell. Then, the Royal Bastards MC stepped in and saved her. Sly, club treasurer and resident hacker, and Moto, road captain and gearhead, were tasked with finding out who she was and what they should do with her. The woman was skittish fragile and addicted to God knows what, so luring information from her took unique tactics. But as they coax her to health, they realize she's so much more than the timid dove they rescued. She's strong, intelligent, and sexy as hell. Suddenly, they aren't sure if making her remember is the best idea, because Petra belongs in the world of an MC. But Cameron Bixby doesn't. So now your process, so it took you six weeks to write the first one. Is it, does it still take you about six weeks or has that kind of. It takes so much longer now. <laughs> so much longer because there's so much more that I'm doing. When you first start publishing, I feel like you're, you, you aren't marketed. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't market that much with my first book. Maybe it's just me, a me thing. I'll just say it's a me thing. No, that's pretty I, common. First book, people usually just throw it into the world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I did. And even after I had like two or three books, I, I wasn't really focused so much on marketing other than like putting books out, which I guess when you ask me if I've learned anything, um, that would be it. <laughs> like be a little more intentional, I guess. <laughs> I wish I had been a little bit more intentional. Um, so, but now I, I spend so much more time doing admin things that I don't have nearly as much time to write. And on top of that, um, I have a functioning, you know, signed paperback business Mm -hmm. that takes more time than anything else at this point. So, um, 
yeah, I don't have as much time to write. So it it does take me longer, much longer. But I will say that when I, once I start writing, I, I sh- and this is why my uh, social media gets so sporadic is because once I start writing, like that's all I can think about. I have total tunnel vision. Like my family get doesn't get my attention. Um, nothing else in my business gets attention. <laughs> I am just like, you Focused. know, put in. I can't get out. I can't get out of it, no matter how hard I try. So, um, except for things that I have to do. So I've heard you say a couple times uh, on TikTok, your husband does your like stalking for you. So he's gotten involved yeah. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Much to his dismay. (laughs) Um, It's a lot. It's a lot uh, at this point. And I'm so freaking lucky. Like, I'm so grateful for um, the opportunities that I've received as far as like my TikTok shop and my website. They're doing so well um, that I go through a lot of paperbacks and we have to store them in his garage, which he is like a woodworker, right? So his garage so he needs is it. his place. <laughs> um, and it kind of isn't anymore because there's just back stock of books. Um, and he does like the way that like TikTok shop and uh, my website, they don't, they work in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so he has to like manage both of those. Um, and so he prints my labels for me and deals with any issues with addresses or whatever. And, um, and he keeps me, keeps my books stocked and he runs my books too, because I'm really, really bad at <laughs> keeping my <laughs> accounting done. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, for my day job do the accounting part of things. So like, I was already familiar with like, you know, running a business and business finances and all of that and I'm like my sister jokes all the time like oh you just love spreadsheets and I'm like no I do not love spreadsheets (laughs) it's that like I know they're a necessary evil and once you get them set up with all their calculations it makes your job so much easier Mm -hmm. on the back end so I'm like do I like it absolutely not but I know that there are some things that you just have to do and like my accountant especially likes at the end of the year when I'm able to say here's all the information that you need for taxes. And I'm like, I don't know what you can deduct or not. Here's what I spent money on. You figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. No, that's good. That's really good because I'm, I'm good at some things. I am not good with, um, with numbers, with my accounting. Yeah. Now I'm doing, so I am currently, um, I just last weekend sent out my first batch of PR boxes. Mm -hmm. And so I have them like available for sale on my website right now. And, um, I made a whole spreadsheet for like keeping track of inventory of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, PR boxes have like a ton of things that go in the PR boxes yeah. and almost every single thing comes in a different quantity. So keeping track of like, when do I need to order more today? Um, I had a package. It's something that comes in a pack of six and I sold one yesterday, a PR box. And so it was like, oh, it dropped below a quantity of 10 that I have in stock. So I need to order another one of those. Mm-hmm. All these weird things. I am, I'm a, I do not like spreadsheets. I know how to set them up to make my life easier. And that is what is important. So Yeah. Did uh, you have a hard time figuring out what to put in your PR box or did you just kind of know? 
there was some things that I knew up front. Like there are pretty much every PR box I've ever seen opened had some kind of a candle in it. So like I knew and then my first book is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. So it was like ideally I wanted rose scented candles, but I could not find any large quantities with those um, without them being the giant candles that I didn't want to buy a box big enough for this giant thing. Um, So I ended up with it was like the first pack of candles I bought was like this multi scented floral pack of candles um, and then that one wasn't in stock when I needed to reorder. So I had to get, I think it's just lavender is what the next batch is. I'm like, of course they would not have that one anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that, so that one I kind of knew, um, I knew I wanted to do character art and stickers. So that I kind of knew. Um, but then I included things like recipes from the book. Like they mentioned the mom cooks a lot. And so there's like pumpkin roll and cinnamon rolls and like things the mom cooks in the story. And then there's other things that are mentioned like throughout that as I was sitting there trying to think of like, what are items that you could put in a PR box that are my beta readers at one point were joking about including a shot glass and little shots of alcohol because I like repeat words in some places (laughs) they're like they're like it's the snowflake flake drinking game (laughs) it's the decoration drinking game and I'm like would you just shut up (laughs) so I did not include a shot glass or liquor in anybody's box but (laughs) It was just like thinking, like, what are some things that got mentioned in the book that are things that you could buy Mm -hmm. for, you know, a decent price that you're not spending a fortune on these things. And so that's kind of what I, you know, kept in mind as I was picking items and all of that. So. Yeah, I didn't do it for my very last book. That was my very first one. And now I'm my second book came out just days ago. Have I sent the PR boxes out? No, my office, (laughs) my office is like being overrun by boxes. (laughs) Um, I got last weekend I was packing because I did um, all of my beta readers got PR boxes. Um, One of them just wanted a signed copy, which is fine. It was my brother-in-law. He was like, just send me a signed copy. So I I did. so like all of my beta readers got one, my alpha reader got one, and then I did a giveaway drawing for like all of my ARC team. Um, so I did five PR boxes and then five like signed copy bundles with like the character mm-hmm. art and a sticker, smaller, much smaller quantity of stuff. And then mm-hmm. I also did a giveaway on TikTok for the same five PR boxes and five bundles. Um, Cause I'm like, dude, at some point I'm like, if they want to buy them, you can also buy them online. But I'm like, I, at some point I have to say like, enough money is leaving my account for my first book so for real I'm like there's a certain amount of like you know I want to be able to do giveaways as like thank yous but also like there's only so much money that I can just be like bye (laughs) so yeah it's so expensive to publish and there's so many different things that you don't even think about until they come up and you're like wait a minute I haven't even received royalties on this book yet you know <laughs> <laughs> and the last the last big expense that I had to buy because I had already bought everything else was the ISBNs because I wanted to own my ISBNs and so that was the last I did a pack of 10 because if you're doing you know any if you're doing more than like one format you need to just buy the 10 <laughs> so 
Um, I did the pack of 10, but my husband is getting ready to hopefully in April publish his first book. So I'm like, with, when yours comes up, we're just going to buy a pack of 100 because it's like $600. So it's like twice the amount, but you get so many more ISBNs. So I'm like, well, basically the family will buy them and then our companies will like buy them from the family at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but... <laughs> So I'm like, that 10-pack will go fast. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. So what is the best piece of advice and the worst piece of advice you have gotten for writing? Writing, publishing, think, anything your book related? I think, <laughs> and we've already like talked about this, but I think the worst piece of advice that I got was just put books out there. <laughs> you have to have a backlist, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that's kind of old advice anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I still hear some give that advice, but it's more make sure you're putting out quality books now. Now, yeah, oh for sure. When I first started publishing, it was like you just have to have a backlist, you know. Um, so that was probably the worst. Um, the best. Gosh. I don't know. I have such a hard time when I'm put on the spot. Like my brain, like seriously, like <laughs> empties, and I can't even remember the words at all. Um, let's see. I'll have to think about this for just one more second. I think um, I had an author friend tell me um, that you really, really need to find your people. Mm-hmm. Um, like your other author friends and don't try and like reach out to and be friends with everybody all at once and not to be surprised when um you received uh I don't know I don't even know how to say it but um I I was pretty surprised that uh they were, I had some, a lot of cattiness back in the day. Okay. (laughs) A lot of cattiness. So, um, when my author friend was like, you need to find one or two other authors and like, just stay real close with them. Um, cause it's better to have like one good friend than 10 really Uh bad ones. Um, so I've, I've been fortunate that, but yeah, back in the day, there was just a lot of cattiness and a lot of, um, I don't think, I don't know if it even happens anymore. I'm not really involved too much, but, uh, there was a lot of drama back in the Facebook days. I stay out of Facebook. So like the only thing that I get now is all the like spam, like, I'm an author too. Let's talk craft. And it's like, it's always the same message that they send. Like, it's oh, multiple, yeah. Multiple people send essentially the exact same message. Hi, you're an author. I see you have a book out. We should talk craft. And it's it's always craft or a synonym of craft. And you're just like, here we go again. <laughs> like, and they do it. They do it just so that they can send you their link to their book. Like, they don't care about your book at all. Oh my gosh, that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm like at I least that, at least a couple times a week for me now. Um, but I imagine it's gonna get worse. So 
I don't even accept new friend requests on Facebook anymore because the second you do it, that's what happens is they come into your DMs in their life. See, that's where it's a bonus that I don't do all this under my legal name because like the only friends that I have on Facebook from any of this are authors that I've narrated for that didn't have other social media platforms. Because my preferred would have been to reach out to them on Instagram where I can message them, but you can't message from a Facebook page to someone unsolicited. So, like, I can't message, you know, random authors. Um, So I would have to, like, send them a message from my personal page and be like, hey, this is, you know, this is my legal name. This is the name that I narrate under. Da-da-da-da-da-da. So those are the only people. I have a few author friends on my Facebook because that was the only way that I could talk to them. (laughs) And then my editor had me add her recently. But other than that, um, for the most part, all of my communication happens through my pages or like Instagram or TikTok. (laughs) Oh, you're lucky. Back in the day, it was just like vague booking, you know, all authors would be like posting something and, and then you spend like the next three hours trying to figure out who they're talking about. And (laughs) That still happens. Um, they just don't keep it vague anymore. <laughs> no, it's not vague anymore. That's it's it's all very. <laughs> it's all. I mean, everybody's like, I am going to. In fact, I saw one for the first time a couple days ago, and I was like, I wonder who they're talking about because they didn't just call them out. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm. I'm used to now people just getting called out, rightful, oh, yeah. rightfully called out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. There's there's still crazy stuff that happens. There's, um, you know, the, the big things that happen now is like the review bombing and like stuff like that that goes on now for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever crazy stuff. I think the craziest thing that I saw recently was that one guy that was like, I'm going to read the a female author and like read oh, only female authors. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, did this seem like a good plan when you came into it? Like, I don't understand. It's crazy. Oh, he, he, he figured, <laughs> he figured out what happens very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and that, you know, there's just, there's people that come into the space and it's happened with like musicians have come into the space and just other people have come into the space. And it's like, you come in and, and book talk, you know, you've said you've been at it since the beginning. And so like, it's from at least the time that I've been in, it's very much like built as a community and communities have to interact with each other to be a community. And now it's branched into, gosh, I don't even know how many people are involved in book talk. And there's all these like little niches in here for... You know, you get into your, you know, the people that only ever see Colleen Hoover books or there's like the dark romance books or that, you know, there's all these different like sections of it now. Um, And so it's, you know, every everybody's got their thing and everybody's got their own crazy, too, because I swear each each little niche there has their own like drama that goes on. (laughs) Yeah, I think book talk has been just it's been amazing in so many different ways for me. Um, It's such a great place to learn and grow and um, see different perspectives that without it, you wouldn't have seen. Uh Um, I find TikTok to be like the most inspiring place. It's also a very scary place, but... (laughs) It can be, yeah. (laughs) 
very, very inspiring too. And just to see so many different stories and interact with people that you probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to otherwise. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved building my little book talk community. And I feel like so on other platforms, um, now I never spent a lot of time on Twitter X, so we'll leave that one out of this. But on like Facebook and Instagram, when you're like searching through feeds, most of what I see is like the same stuff over and over again or the same people over and over again. Where like TikTok, when I'm scrolling through for you page, I am constantly coming across people I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And so like I feel like as far as platforms and algorithms go, now occasionally I'm like, man, I haven't seen so and so in a while. Did they stop posting videos? No, I just haven't gotten to see them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, excuse me, in like forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it does a good job of, like, making sure that you're mixed up with all the people there. And then occasionally, you know, the algorithm will reset itself and then you'll get, you know, the weird viral dance videos all over again. <laughs> but That is so weird when that happens. Or if, like, I don't know, sometimes I look at, um, I'll watch TikToks with my, my kid. Mm-hmm. And... It's insane how different our for you pages are because mine's like full of, you know, snuggling dogs and cute old couples telling their life story. And then my kids is like all these teenagers dancing all over. I had no idea that still happened because I never <laughs> see it. It's, it's wild how different for you pages can be. Yes. <laughs> and then and then like my <laughs> My sister one time was talking about, oh, my For You page has, I can't even remember what it was, something inappropriate. And I'm like, you know, you trained it for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know that you did that to yourself. Like, yeah, you spent a second too long on one video. Like that happens to me. I will like get these random Um, there's a lady on there and I haven't actually seen her in a while, but she owns like a sex shop. And so she would do these, like, kind of educational videos or whatever. So occasionally I would, like, watch one out of, you know, curiosity. And then, like, I'd be getting all these kink community videos after that. And I'm just like, I did this to myself because I watched the one video. (laughs) My life now. (laughs) I can't get away from it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and there's some, I mean, because I read spicy books all the time, like, there are some that I'm like, you know, I'll watch through or whatever. And then there's other videos where I'm like, can I get off this any faster? (laughs) Like. How yeah. is this on here? I don't know. I got it, lost. I know. It used to be the like, you know, people who saw my videos, they had some kind of interest in books, romance books. Yeah. Uh, but with my TikTok shop, it pushes me out to the masses, you know? So I get comments daily just telling me how awful I am (laughs) how ugly I am how annoying I am like daily and uh so that's been a fun experience that was the one thing with the podcast I would get when I started the podcast I thought oh you need to do Facebook ads so that's what I did and like all the comments that I get would get would be people oh my god her voice is so annoying oh my god her inflection is all wrong and like just all these negative comments and so around the time of the podcast conference I stopped paying for ads because I was like I'll probably learn a ton at this conference and then you know we'll revamp our strategy right I've continued to grow and download since the conference, and I have paid for not a single ad since then. So I'm like, it is what it is. 
Um, might I grow faster with ads? Sure, but none of the classes that I went to talked about paying for Facebook ads. They were all like, here's how to find your community where you don't have to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Um, so much better when you don't have to be pushed out to <sighs> people that don't yes. have any interest in what you're doing. <laughs> well, and I mean, you hashtag things, and I, I swear probably... I still feel this strongly. I think a few months ago that they like broke the hashtag. You know how like it, it used to be if you hashtag something book talk, it went to book talk. Right. We're like now I feel like that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> so I think so either. I'm like interaction is down and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. If it's getting pushed to book people, the interaction should be the same, if not better, since more followers <laughs> over time. But who knows? <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and I write dark romance, so you can only imagine um, the masses getting a hold <laughs> of. Yeah. So, so your angry masses versus my fantasy romance angry masses are two totally different things. Now, my novellas are all told from the villain's perspective, so my novellas will be dark. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I'm like, if you don't want to read dark, just stick to the novels. If you want to read dark, read all of them. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. So you're getting the extra. Now, did you start writing dark romance or did it evolve to that? No, dark romance was what I always read. Like when I was not working, mm -hmm. I was reading dark romance. Um, but no, I didn't start with that. And I think... Um, I was just kind of a little bit uncomfortable with, or maybe I was just trying to get comfortable with writing to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, it eventually, the second that I wrote my first dark romance, I was like, okay, yeah, this, <laughs> this is my place. This is my home here in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me, one of my friends in real life um, asked me, I did like a ask me anything video and they were like, was it awkward when you narrated your first spicy scene? And I'm like, no, no, because I've been reading spicy books for, mm -hmm. you know, basically my entire adult life. I'm like, but the, the awkward thing was when I did the first one live, <laughs> which I got banned. My first live, I got banned for three days. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> but for the most part, I'm like, no, that's that's what was the awkward, like doing it live where like my face turned red and then I got banned. I knew... I knew I was going to get banned because at the time, like every narrator was getting banned for like spicy content and violent content and stuff like that. So I was trying to figure out, you know, first live out there where the line was. Mm -hmm. um, so then I learned what the line was and then I started flagging as I'm prepping an audiobook. I will now flag chapters as like, hey, either proceed with caution or do not read this chapter at all on TikTok live or you will get banned. <laughs> so. Um, as I was going into the book I was doing right before mine was a rom-com, but it had um, towards the end of it, you know, as the couples together and all of this finally in the book, um, there was quite a few like straight up just smut chapters. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to get banned right before my audiobook, So I'm just not going to do the last, you know, two days live so I don't get banned. <laughs> so, yeah. And she was like, OK. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that when all of the narrators were getting banned, even when that like it wasn't even getting they weren't even like doing, you know, the super spicy scenes. It no, barely, barely spice. And they were no, all 
I've never been banned for violence, and I've done some pretty, <laughs> my book has some pretty gruesome <laughs> scenes in it, and I did not get banned describing, like, decapitation <laughs> and blood gathering in the snow. I did not get banned for any of that. Of course, I kept stopping and laughing because I forgot how gruesome I had written it. So I would, like, say it and then bust out laughing. <laughs> so Did you love writing those scenes, though? Oh, my God. Seriously, I... Originally, there was only one scene like that. All of the chapters in my book are based off of Christmas songs. And so, like, there's there's a Christmas song that talks about, like, they have scarves around their necks to keep their heads from falling into the snow. So I'm like, of course, that has to be a really gruesome chapter, right? And so I'm writing it, and, like, people are getting decapitated because heads falling in snow from the song. And there's, like, blood. And at one point, a horse died. The horse no longer dies. One of my beta readers made me change it. And so I'm like writing this. And as my beta readers were going through it, one of them was like, I feel like a different writer wrote this whole chapter because it's so (laughs) gruesome. And there's like an earlier battle scene where it's like our main character's first battle. And so like, I'm like, she wouldn't be describing all the you know, gruesome stuff going on because she's freaking out about the fact she's killed someone for the first time. Like, they're like, well, towards the end of that scene, she could be, you know, observing stuff around her now that she's not shooting people. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, but I mean, I just, I seriously just would bust out laughing while I was narrating it. Like, there's a couple times that that happened and I'm just like, it is what it is. I'm like, I can't believe I wrote this. (laughs) I had that experience just recently because I still proof my audiobooks um, to save myself some money. And Uh so, uh, when they, I was listening to a particularly gruesome chapter because I like to go gory. Uh Um, I I think that it's fun for me to write it. And the whole time I was listening to the chapter, I was just like in hysterics. I was like, I wrote that. And I was having my husband come in and listen to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you you gotta listen to this. He's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, at one point, the people watching me live were like, are you okay? (laughs) I'm like, listen, my head is a very scary place, but I don't, I'm like, I would be a very, very good horror writer, but I don't think it would be good for my mental health to put myself there for so long. So like I have the novellas that are going to be told from the villain perspective, and those are much darker and stuff than the other ones. But the other ones are just like fantasy romance. So there's, you know, the fun storyline and all of this. And um, yeah, I'm like my darker, I will keep those to shorter books. So I'm not in that space for a super long time, (laughs) but I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then there's my husband who literally on his TikToks is like, when you're thinking about unspeakable things to do to your main character, (laughs) I'm like, one of us is going to get committed by our families. Which one will it be first? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Well, and you probably get this too, because you're very sweet looking. Yeah. And I I know I'm sweet looking. So it, it, it does get challenging for people to like reconcile how you look <laughs> and what you're writing well like I had recently one of one of my beta readers was like you seem like the person that like always followed the rules and did what you were told <laughs> and now here you are writing now my first book is a slow burn so nothing happens until like the last three chapters of the book but there is a lot of language and stuff that I don't usually use around other people typically 
Um, tomorrow I'll be announcing like this is what I've written but also on my website I have like all the triggers listed with like a breakdown of like you know if you have a trigger of alcohol here's the specific situations that you can avoid it if you need to and um, actually I need to add one because as I was narrating I realized that he does go on a drunken bender that I didn't mention (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I'm like oh yeah so the mom kind of freaks out one time and drinks like a couple glasses of bourbon but that's that's not that bad and then like I'm narrating and I'm like oh yeah I forgot about his whole drunken like (laughs) Yeah. freak out where he just basically drinks for like six months <laughs> like, maybe we should mention that on the website somewhere <laughs> anyways so yeah my my rules will be if you want to read my books that's fine make sure you read the blurbs or ask me if you're concerned about something and if you read something that you didn't want to read and you didn't ask me about it that's your problem not mine so it's <laughs> what I told my family with my audiobooks too if you I found out my sister-in-law listened to, at the time, it was one of my spiciest audiobooks that I had done. Um, It's an erotica. I'm like, why did you buy that one? And she's like, it's just a book. It's okay. And I'm like, you're listening to your sister-in-law narrate this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can she get, I wonder, I would love to know if she could get into the storyline enough to not have it feel like you were reading it to her. I don't know. And then my mom at one point told me she was going to listen to my audiobook. And I'm like, Mom, you know that there's spice in there, right? And she's like, You're not my daughter writing it. And I'm like, I'm literally, I wrote it and I'll be reading it to you. How are you not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you disassociate that much? I, I can't. <laughs> my mother in law reads my books and um, she loves them. She's very, very <laughs> kind. But sometimes when she's like telling me, oh, and this scene and this, you know, and she even like will mention like the spicy things to me. And I just feel like I, I need to have a rule with everybody in my real life. If you read my book, no, you didn't like that's because I don't like this. (laughs) My husband's brother was one of my beta readers. And so I let him know because he, he also writes, but he's never published anything. Yeah. And so I knew that he would be a good like editing. And then there's like a lot of war scenes and he reads a lot of like war kind of novels. So I figured he would be a good like yeah. opinion for that. Mm-hmm. So I let him know that there's going to be spicy chapters. And the one thing that he said was like, just don't tell me if you're writing stuff that you and my brother do into your book. And I'm like, I would never tell anybody that. So in his yeah. <laughs> in his Google Doc version, I had like asterisks with like spicy scenes are beyond this point. So like if you enter at your own risk or something like that. So he said he basically just like skimmed the last three chapters. <laughs> yeah. Like at that point, we were past all the war stuff that I really needed help with. So <laughs> it's funny how a lot of people assume that whatever spice content you're putting into your books is like, what you do see how you are you yeah know? yeah I just I find that fascinating because it, I think it's so far from the truth for a lot of <laughs> well and like the people that are like if you I've seen this so for, prior to recently the video that I would see going around is don't always assume that what she reads in her books is what she wants in the bedroom and yeah. recently I've seen there's a lady that her video keeps keeps showing up for me probably because I have multiple accounts but anyways um and it's like if you ever want to know what she wants in the bedroom you know read her favorite romance book and I'm like no don't do that (laughs) 
I'm like, let's see. Recently, I've read the Haunting Adeline books. I'm like, please, no, 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 no. I do not want you to stalk me. I do not want to run through a corn maze. Like, none of this. It should be like a disclaimer, unless it's dark romance, you know? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. No. Uh, funny definitely i mean there there are people that that is their thing and that's totally okay but like for most of us i would say that is not the case yeah yeah and it definitely should not be a rule for men (laughs) maybe ask ahead of time do you want me to do the things in that book and then read the book (laughs) like Maybe I just have a little conversation because that would get pretty intense real quick. <laughs> and if you're not at the point where you can have that conversation, you shouldn't be doing the things anyways. So. <laughs> right. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, you have a good rest of your Saturday. I'm going to get some air conditioning. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I had fun. Thank you. I will see you around TikTok, I am sure. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Misty also liked Beauty and the Beast. Today we'll be reading a Grimm's Brothers story, King Grizzlybeard. King Grizzlybeard. A great king of a land far away in the east had a daughter who was very beautiful, but so proud and haughty and conceited that none of the princes who came to ask her in marriage was good enough for her, and she only made sport of them. Once upon a time, the king held a great feast, and asked thither all her suitors. And they all sat in a row, ranged according to their rank, kings and princes, and dukes and earls and counts and barons and knights. Then the princess came in, and as she passed by them, she had something spiteful to say to every one. The first was too fat. He's as round as a tub, said she. The next was too tall. What a maypole, said she. The next was too short. What a dumpling, said she. The fourth was too pale, and she called him Wallface. The fifth was too red, so she called him Coxcomb. The sixth was not straight enough, so she said he was like a green stick that had been laid to dry over a baker's oven. And thus, she had some joke to crack upon every one. But she laughed more than all at a good king who was there. Look at him, said she. His beard is like an old mop, and he shall be called Grizzlybeard. So the king got the nickname of Grizzlybeard. But the old king was very angry when he saw how his daughter behaved, and how she ill-treated all his guests, and he vowed that willing or unwilling she should marry the first man, be he prince or beggar that came to the door. Two days after, there came by a traveling fiddler who began to play under the window and beg alms. And when the king heard him, he said... Let him come in. So they brought in a dirty-looking fellow. And when he had sung before the king and the princess, he begged a boon. Then the king said, You've sung so well that I will give you my daughter for your wife. The princess begged and prayed, but the king said, I have sworn to give you to the first comer, and I will keep my word. So words and tears were of no avail. The parson was sent for, and she was married to the fiddler. When this was over, the king said, Now get ready to go. You must not stay here. You must travel on with your husband. Then the fiddler went his way and took her with him, and they soon came to a great wood. Pray, said she, 
whose wood is this? It belongs to King Grizzlybeard, answered he. Hadst thou taken him, all had been thine. Ah, unlucky wretch that I am, sighed she. Would that I had married King Grizzlybeard. Next, they came to some fine meadows. Whose are these beautiful green meadows, said she. They belong to King Grizzlybeard. Hadst thou taken him, they had all been thine. Unlucky wretch that I am, said she. Would that I had married King Grizzlybeard. Then they came to a great city. Whose is this noble city, said she. It belongs to King Grizzlybeard. Hadst thou taken him, it had all been thine. Wretch that I am, sighed she. Why did I not marry King Grizzlybeard? That is no business of mine, said the fiddler. Why should you wish for another husband? Am I not good enough for you? At last, they came to a small cottage. What a paltry place, said she. To whom does that little dirty hole belong? Then the fiddler said, That is your and my house where we are to live. Where are your servants? cried she. What do we want with servants? said he. You must do for yourself whatever is to be done. Now make the fire and put on water and cook my supper, for I am very tired. But the princess knew nothing of making fires and cooking, and the fiddler was forced to help her. When they had eaten a very scanty meal, they went to bed. But the fiddler called her up very early in the morning to clean the house. Thus they lived for two days. And when they had eaten up all there was in the cottage, the man said, Wife, we can't go on thus, spending money and earning nothing. You must learn to weave baskets. Then he went out and cut willows and brought them home. And she began to weave. But it made her fingers very sore. I see this work won't do, said he. Try and spin. Perhaps you will do that better. So she sat down and tried to spin. But the threads cut her tender fingers till the blood ran. See now, said the fiddler. You are good for nothing. You can do no work. What a bargain I've got. However, I'll try and set up a trade in pots and pans, and you shall stand in the market and sell them. Alas, sighed she, if any of my father's court should pass by and see me standing in the market, how they will laugh at me. But her husband did not care for that, and said she must work if she did not wish to die of hunger. At first, the trade went well, for many people seeing such a beautiful woman went to buy her wares, and paid their money without thinking of taking away the goods. They lived on this as long as it lasted. And then her husband bought a fresh lot of ware, and she sat herself down with it in the corner of the market. But a drunken soldier soon came by and rode his horse against her stall and broke all her goods into a thousand pieces. Then she began to cry and knew not what to do. What will become of me, said she. What will my husband say? So she ran home and told him all. Who would have thought you would have been so silly, said he as to put an earthenware stall in the corner of the market where everybody passes. But let us have no more crying. I see you are not fit for this sort of work, so I've been to the king's palace and asked if they did not want a kitchen maid. And they say they will take you, and there you will have plenty to eat. Thus, the princess became a kitchen maid, and helped the cook to do all the dirtiest work. But she was allowed to carry home some of the meat that was left, and on this they lived. She had not been there long before she heard that the king's eldest son was passing by, going to be married, and she went to one of the windows and looked out. Everything was ready, and all the pomp and brightness of the court was there. And she bitterly grieved for the pride and folly which had brought her so low, 
and the servants gave her some of the rich meats, which she put into her basket to take home. All on a sudden, as she was going out, in came the king's son in golden clothes. And when he saw a beautiful woman at the door, he took her by the hand and said she should be his partner in the dance. But she trembled for fear, for she saw that it was King Grizzlybeard, who was making sport of her. However, he kept fast hold and let her in, and the cover of the basket came off so that the meats in it fell about. And everybody laughed and jeered at her, and she was so abashed that she wished herself a thousand feet deep in the earth. She sprang to the door to run away, but on the steps King Grizzlybeard overtook her and brought her back and said, "'Fear me not, I am the fiddler who's lived with you in the hut. I brought you there because I really loved you. I am also the soldier that overset your stall.' I have done all this only to cure you of your silly pride and to show you the folly of your ill treatment of me. Now all is over, you have learned wisdom, and it is time to hold our marriage feast. And the chamberlains came and brought her the most beautiful robes, and her father and his whole court was there already and welcomed her home on her marriage. Joy was in every face and every heart. The feast was grand, they danced and sang. All were merry. And I only wish that you and I had been of the party. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for a special episode, where one of my readers interviewed me for my journey to holding my own fairy tale in my hands, and to hear one of my favorite fairy tales.